you're a naughty boy. I never have been gay. Naughty boy. I never have been gay. I am not gay. Naughty boy. I never have been gay. You're a naughty boy. I am gay. Naughty boy. You're a naughty boy. Naughty boy, you're a naughty boy. Do yourself a favor and pack your bags. Buy a ticket and get on the train. Buy a ticket and get on the train. Cause this is fucked up. Fucked up. And welcome to the BS Alert podcast. We've got some interesting stuff going on. We've got another Republican sex scandal. I guess uh, this this podcast could probably be run, broadcast anytime, anywhere, and it would be topical. So I'm not even going to say what date today is. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I am Pyle, and with me, as always, is Uber Bill. Hey, howdy. And Wise Girl. Hi. And uh, we are the brains, literally, figuratively, <laughs> metaphorically, behind BS Alert, which is uh, the Critical Thinkers News Network online. Uh, the goal of the site is basically to have a little portal about interesting news stories that are either not getting reported, uh, underreported, or they're only showing one side, or it's a news story that we think shouldn't get swept away like a lot of them are every time um, Paris Hilton uh, flashes her underwear or lack thereof. <laughs> so without further ado, we're going to get into the show. Um, we're going to focus a little bit on the hypocrisy of uh, various politicians and what's going on and what they're up to and who they're doing it with. and <laughs> Or to. Yeah, and what does it mean? And where are, we, where are we going? What's going on politically with all of this crazy crap? Uh, but first, uh, let's see. Uh, what, what? As always, we've got a little wine that we're drinking. And uh, Wise Girl, why don't you fill us in on that? Uh, today's wine is a lovely 2002 Babcock Pinot Noir, the Tri-Counties Cuvée, a very nice, complex little wine. Not bad. So, let's see, what's going on? Well, rumor has it uh, that uh, we're going to attack Iran. Oh, fantastic. Again? 
That's a recurring theme. Um, again, I, the rumor, not again, we're going to attack Iran. <laughs> uh, yes, although it seems like every couple of weeks, and of course, the, certainly the media is uh, beating the drumbeat, the current buzz on the Internet, there's a lot of interesting kind of tinfoil hat conspiracy things going around. Right. And, um, you know, a bunch of them were forwarded to us, and, and I'm not, I, I wasn't, this is a good example of some of the material we get that we don't necessarily know we, whether or not we should put online because it just seems a little bit too weird, right. and we can't back it up. Um, there's a rumor going around that there's a bunch of plays in the stock market on various uh, index options. Shorts. You're, you're yes. And the idea is that that uh, somebody's betting billions of dollars that the market is going to make a major adjustment before the end of September. Well, these days, uh, you know, to play devil's advocate, it seems like uh, that, that might happen regardless of who we shoot missiles at. Uh, it seems like we avoided a meltdown just a few weeks ago with this subprime thing. So, yeah, and there's another uh, another rumor that. Um, the Navy doesn't like to attack except on phases of the new moon, and uh, <laughs> September 11th is going to be new moon. Ah. Nothing like a little astrological explanation for the A bunch for of pagans we have no. running the Navy. Well, it does make sense. If you're going to attack, you want it to be as dark as possible. I could see that being true. Uh, Certainly. When you're firing supersonic missiles at uh, targets, you don't want them to have that quarter of a second before they're <laughs> incinerated. You, you never know. Right. They don't want to get anybody videotaping people yeah. pressing buttons or something. <laughs> right. Okay, so we've got this uh, current conspiracy that's kind of brewing in the underbelly of the Internet right now, this theory that something big, something huge is going to happen before the end of September. There's uh, people talking that there's some movement going on in the stock market. People are buying short on options on the Standard & Poor Index and also some of the European indexes. Uh, they're investing millions of dollars or billions on the premise that there's going to be a major correction before the end of September. And, of course, they're saying, oh, that you know, war invading Iran would have something to do with that. And then there's other people that are saying that this um, is just a standard play by uh, some of the mutual fund um, managers that are basically doing what is called boxing, where they're, uh, right. they're using the market to get a higher interest rate than they would um, on their liquid cash uh, if it was just sitting in a regular account. And certainly the market is, is shakier than it has been in some time. There, there's some expectation of, regardless of who we shoot missiles at, that uh, the market will move down. Right, right. And, and this is all really interesting stuff. I figure at some point, and let me tell everybody, we've got um, the first couple of shows are going to be a little bit rusty. We're just getting into it. Most of, the, most of us have not had a whole lot of radio experience, and we're doing our best to kind of try to get the momentum going on this. I've got a neat piece of equipment that's coming in this week that will allow us... <laughs> Gadgets. Yes, it will allow us to um, have callers, and so we're going to be lining up some interviews, and the show should get better and more interesting. We're going to bring on experts. I'd love to bring on an expert to talk about the stability of the market. Oh, yeah, that'll be fascinating. Oh, well. <laughs> the idea is we'll ask the stupid questions, and he'll say, What? <laughs> What does standard and poor mean? <laughs> and why would we want to be poor? <laughs> and is NASDAQ owned by the rock group NAS? <laughs> so is it ludicrous, this whole notion uh, that the country is going to, uh, that we're going to attack Iran after we've done so well in Iraq? <laughs> uh, you might think that it would be totally ludicrous, but that would assume that the people in charge are thinking rationally and with the best interest of the country at heart. Um, <laughs> Rookie mistake. Yeah. What I think we've got here is a case of if we did attack Iran, 
it would be kind of a win-win for the people in power. But is that is that still going to work, though? At this point, you know, they've done this for like the last eight years. They've like created some conflict during election time. Don't you think the American people are kind of tired of it now? We love watching those graphics on CNN and MSNBC and Fox News, you know, where an F-15 turns into an eagle. We just, man, we dig that stuff. Yeah, well, you, you would have thought that people would have caught on, I don't know, somewhere around 2005, but it doesn't seem to have really worked that well. So you think that the idea here is get us embroiled in another war and that's going to be like Valium for the voting populace and they're just going to go, well, we can't uh, we can't change things now. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the war in Iraq has kind of lost people's support. So let's let's give them war they can support. It's rebrand. You know, another nuclear menace that must be contained. Before there's a smoking gun. Exactly. Yeah. And I- And let's just say for the sake of argument, that this fails miserably and the Democrats come into power anyway. Right. Well, oh, then, it's then, all their fault, Oh, right? absolutely. Isn't why, that what they did with Vietnam? Why haven't they gotten us Basically. out? Why are we still in Iran? They're doing the, Iran, obviously doing rather. the same thing with the deficit, too. The point is they're going to spend, 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 talk about how important it is to lower taxes. Then this, is, this massive bill has got to be paid. Hey, it worked for Reagan. It'll work for them. It did work for Reagan. It worked very well. I keep thinking some other country has got to come to our rescue, kind of like we did to Kuwait. You know? Canada, we need you. <laughs> just, just like Russia or China to, 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 you know, they won't even contact the Bush administration. They'll just put up a video on YouTube. They lost. That's going to be the future. <laughs> hey, pass- United States, look at my YouTube account. Passive aggressive. Don't foreign invade relations. Iran. <laughs> we'll kick your ass. Here's a dancing monkey. Look. <laughs> well, if for China, all they would have to do is say, if you attack Iran, all of your bills are due. Are due. Absolutely. Pay back the $8 quadrillion that you now owe us. Right. Then we'll have to try and sue them for poisoning us with lead, and it'll get, it'll get tough. Is this administration intimidated by anybody, you know? I don't think they other than like gayness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If uh, if Russia showed on YouTube uh, a male penis, they would be completely disarmed. But uh, other than that, I don't. I think they're so insular; uh, they don't pay attention to any any source of news. Uh, I think that that they don't really care about anything, unless it affects their pocketbook. They don't care. Their personal pocketbook. I don't think they care about the country's pocketbook, obviously. Let's not forget, too, that it's hard to have a good working government when absolutely every hiring decision is made based only on politics. Right. If on you, loyalty. Yeah, cronyism. Absolutely. It's, it's been a problem, you know. Well, that's a, a, it's a political reality, except that it's never been perfected or brought to such a level now. I well, think. yeah, perfected in th- quotes. Obviously. I think in the past they've at least attempted to get competent people of the same ideological stripe. Right. right. Now it's just, you know, you went to school with some guy or, and, and you're in. You're fine. Well, uh, let's uh, let's bring this thing back to common sense. I've got uh, I've got a <laughs> clip that I think is really important that I do want to run. It's um it's from this group called Iraq Veterans Against the War, and um, there th- there are guy, some of those. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, I think basically if you're all everybody is against it. The difference is is that um, some people are not talking for mm. either uh, reasons. For their own well, it's because it's because Bill O'Reilly turned their mic off. That's that's their well, that too. But <laughs> I just I I think that uh, most most of the soldiers really feel this way. They just a lot of them can't say it. And if they're over there, I think let's let's roll this little clip and you'll see what I'm talking about. This is a guy. He just came back. He was in Iraq two weeks ago, and he's um, he's out here 
talking about what the problems are in Iraq and what the what the situation is. Here it is. Excellent. You can't force your will on people in their own country and say that it's justified and say that it's a mission that you need to complete and finish doing. It's not honorable, it's not dignity, and it's not something we should associate ourselves with as the American people, or as people in general for that matter. We gotta stop drawing these lines and declaring war on people and calling them our enemies, which which rationalizes doing things that we would never otherwise justify doing. Hold on, hold on, sir. You're sounding too reasonable. You're never going to appear anywhere in any mainstream media. You realize that? Certainly not with the Indigo Girls as your backing band. It's just not going to happen. We can't put things in another context and claim that it justifies the very things we accuse them of doing. Torture, mass graves. We're torturing people in Iraq every day. We're creating bigger graves than Saddam Hussein ever created. When are we going to realize this? When are we going to realize that if somebody ever does actually bring a dirty bomb in the United States, it's probably going to be the kid whose toy box we dumped out after we shot up his house. I love that quote. Oh, that's a great line. I think that pretty much very poignantly sums up what the real issue is, is that we're creating terrorism. Oh, we've become a recruiting poster for al-Qaeda in Iraq. I mean, this is the thing that pisses me off more than anything else. After 9-11, you know, my first response was, was uh, Wow. I cannot believe somebody pulled this off. I mean, it's a very sophisticated attack. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I mean, it's it's tragic and all of that, but still, you got to wonder, this is not, uh, you know, a bridge collapsing or a hurricane or a tsunami. Yeah. This is a concerted effort. And Multi-pronged. Just, it blows me away that nobody said why. You know what I mean? The, the, for the, for the, the first couple of weeks after this happened, nobody said why. It was all what. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, don't forget the, also, why do they hate us? Yes. And freedom. Why do they hate freedom? Yeah, I mean, it's not, not that there was, just don't entertain for a moment that there's any reason why this might have happened. You know, the CIA have a word for this. <laughs> what is that? It's called blowback. Ah. <laughs> this is like textbook. Indeed. You know what I mean? In their little handbook now, under blowback, they should have a picture. <laughs> of a plane flying into a tower? Yeah, of the, of the World Trade Center, because... Uh, Osama bin Laden clearly said why he was doing this. This is not the first attack that he's done. Right. And he said all along, I don't want military bases in Saudi Arabia. I don't want to the I don't think States. the White House gets Al Jazeera on their uh, on their Oh, cable. I'm sure I'm sure he like sent them a package. You know, I'm sure that <laughs> on YouTube. That, that, yeah. No, I'm sure they all knew. They yeah, all oh, knew. Yeah, of course. Well, they'd have to. This he really brings the point home is that I, I find it amazing that Americans here can't relate to what Iraqis right now are doing when they're standing up for their country and their community and their city. There's these strange people that don't speak the language that they speak, that are running around shooting people. They go into your homes. They take whatever they want. They look through all of your crap. Even if they're not killing people, which they are, people are dying constantly. Absolutely. Just if you had strangers, foreigners coming into your house, going through your crap anytime, if you had, if you're driving down the street, there's a roadblock. That you're not allowed to go past by some foreigners. Right. You can't go out after dark. I mean, just that. If that happened here in America, people would people would be armed to the teeth. They'd be, you know, they'd be militants. Well, it did, but the, but the invading army wore redcoats, and they did speak our language, and, and we fought them off. So, uh, you know, it is remarkable that we can't relate. When, when we had something in, our, in the very beginning of our history that was so similar. I just I think of that movie Red Dawn. You know, where, where, Wolverine. The, where the where the Russians like invaded America. And, you know, if you ask a typical American, you know, what would happen if we were invaded? Oh, man, I'd be fighting for my life. I'd, I'd get my 30 odd six and I'd shoot some Ruskies. 
But yet, when you ask them, well, don't you understand what's going on in Iraq? Well, they just don't want freedom. <laughs> they just they hate that freedom. It's just, it, it boggles me. Anyway, on with the clip. 9-11, we need to think about pre-9-11. Because to prevent 9-11, if it even did happen the way they said it happened, would have involved nothing more than putting an air marshal in every airplane. That's all it would have took if it happened the way they said it happened. So we'll go with that for now. So why can they still not tell us that there's an air marshal in every airplane, and why are people still walking through our borders? We're avoiding these domestic measures that it would take to actually prevent the problems that are terrifying our people into thinking we need to go offensively prevent. Again, common sense, you know? Yeah. Put an air marshal on the plane, or somebody suggested, you know, the steel doors uh, blocking the pilots off. Yeah, they do have, I mean, those are on a lot of planes. But they were, certainly were not before 9-11. It was one of those bathroom doors that you could have... Knocked down by knocking hard. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want, like, armed people on planes, though. You know, Certainly bullets. A taser or something like that, <laughs> right. you know, be okay. But bullets, yeah, you don't want to fire bullets through the skin of an airplane, that's for sure. Well, they have bullets that um, that won't go through the skin, but... Uh, the of, bigger, the of the airplane. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, the bigger problem is simply, do you want somebody with a weapon that somebody else could take? Could take and then use, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything we're doing overseas is not helping what they're telling us the problem is. They're going to bounce around these justifications, whether it's social liberation of women or whatever, or whether it's preventing terrorism, when they're not really accomplishing either one and they don't care about either one. They're not helping the Iraqi people, and there's no excuse for that. So, but what else is there to do other than stop being part of the problem? And that's what we're doing, and that's what the American soldier is trying to do by using conviction and standing up for what he believes in. And that's what the military is, is twisting the message of the American people around to say that if you support the troops, you have to support the mission, which is ridiculous. And there we have it, right there. If you, if you support the troops, you have to support the mission. And in a single sentence, I think he crystallized one of the fundamental flaws of what's going on politically and socially right And how now. they've hijacked, how the administration and, and I think Republicans have hijacked that message that to support the troops means that you have to support the mission. Well, they've just, uh, I think Noam Chomsky in Manufacturing Consent talks a lot about this aspect, which is um, if you can just sedate the populace with a meaningless jingoistic cliche like support the troops. Right then you take their attention away from the real issues. And he makes a distinction that if you want to support the troops, that's fine. But that doesn't mean you have to agree with whatever the troops are doing. But that doesn't really fit on a bumper sticker. Yeah, true. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. The oath to military service was an oath to use your own conscience and to use moral conviction. The military does not own these concepts of loyalty and duty and honor and courage and commitment. But they want people to think they've got a corner market on them so that they can define them for the people in their own organization. It doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way. And it won't work that way. Starting to respect the Iraqi people in their own homes is going to be the answer to this. That's what's going to take. And showing them dignity, showing them respect, and gaining their trust. Hold up. Dignity, respect, trust for some other nationality? And I think here the problem for the vet is that those options, that solution takes That's so not long. It just takes so long to implement, and we just don't have the patience for it. Well, I mean, does it really take uh, 
any length of time to show somebody respect? Is that some kind of special deal that you have to prepare for for years? Not for showing respect, but for seeing that respect show some dividends, I think. Now that we have totally trashed their country for longer than uh, World War II took, yeah, I think, I think it takes a while. If we don't do that, they're never going to want any amount of help that we could possibly provide. That's going to be the answer. And right now, they want us to leave their country. They want us to get out of their homes. And that's what we need to do. That's step one. And there is no phased withdrawal solution to that. We leave, and then we offer our help, and then they'll tell us what help they're willing to accept. That's the answer. You see, and that's, that is the answer. But see, that presumes that we were over there in the first place because we gave a shit about them. And I think that's the fatal flaw in his logic, even though it's a noble thing. He's he's reacting to the propaganda that the administration is saying of we want to help the Iraqi people. Right. And he's also recognizing the situation that we're in right now. Well, if we took off, if we just up and up and left, the help that they'd be asking for is for help resolving the civil war that we helped them start. I don't think they'd be asking for anything. I think that uh, there's plenty well, their of— their phones wouldn't work, I so I don't think they could. I think there's plenty of other countries— that would jump in, that could jump in. And I think that's... Iran, yeah. actually. Not Iran. Even, not even Iran. I mean, I think any any of the European Union, I think the the entire rest of the world is so ashamed of, of you know, in any way associating themselves with this action that, that once we jumped out, the Iraqi people could ask anybody. Anybody else would jump in and help them. But that, that of course presumes that the Iraqi people are speaking as a cohesive unit. and It doesn't matter whether they're a cohesive unit. I mean, one, any one person, you know? I, I just think any single person could ask for help in any any other situation. And the French army will charge in at the request of the 14-year-old boy who uh, who wrote a letter to Sarkozy. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> sure. Hey, you know, stranger things have happened. I would, I'll give you that. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Eli Israel, I got back from Iraq two weeks ago. That's it. That's, uh, I hope it doesn't have guy. to go back too soon. So, it looks like we've lost a Republican senator to a little indiscretion. Ooh, a peccadillo. Yes, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you'd call it except a, maybe a, a bathroom adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was hoping for some bathroom adventure. <laughs> Absolutely. And got more than he bargained for. Well, come on, he might just have had a really wide stance. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think most of our listeners out there like to do a little tap dance and rub the bottom of the stall <laughs> as part of their regular regularity. Oh, Ablutions. Yeah. Let's listen okay. to his... Uh, you, you travel here frequently, sir? I do. Um, almost weekly. Have you been successful in these bathrooms here before? Have you been I successful? I go to that bathroom regularly in the morning. I mean for any type of other No, absolutely not. I don't seek activity in bathrooms. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> of any kind? <laughs> Why even go? I love how he says, I was reaching down to pick up some toilet paper off the floor. Right. Why? Nobody does that. You know, who, who picks up toilet paper off the floor? A U.S. senator. He's just an obsessively, compulsively neat person. You know, no, what, he what, wants to keep America clean, <laughs> one men's room floor at a time. Absolutely. And he was, he, hey, he was even going so far as to check the underside of the stall next to him. Right, make right, sure there wasn't right. Any paper attached to that. And what if someone had left some gum there? I mean, you've got well, you to check for these things. Absolutely. That's how corruption starts. You know, I, and let me tell you something. If I'm in a stall, I'm not, I'm not you know, if somebody's stuck like this guy had a badge and he stuck it underneath. Of course, that's got to be the greatest like oh cool God. intro ever. You know, 
<laughs> stick your somebody sticks their hand underneath, you stick your hand over theirs with a badge. <laughs> yeah. I bet his whole world came crashing down at that moment, you know. That that is just uh that is a heart-stopping situation when you know, you're soliciting gay sex or you know, maybe he just wanted him to pass him a roll of toilet paper and the guy puts his badge under the under the uh, stall and you're done. You're you know, done. I think there's been a lot of uh confusion in in the uh the, the straight audience out there uh, not recognizing the uh, signals. This uh, little set of, of signals is has apparently... Quite, yeah, well-established. It has been around since at least the 70s. Now, see, I didn't know this. So yeah. the, so you guys know about this. There's a standard bathroom uh, uh, cruising etiquette, right? I believe it... Uh, this was recorded in a, in a book in, a, in, I believe, the early 1970s um, by someone who was part of that scene... And also a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I believe, yeah, cottaging is... Uh, yes, is, is, that's the British term, I right, believe. Right, because the, the British public bathrooms look like cottages. And uh, they don't have... The dividers go all the way to the floor, so you have to kind of get both in the same room. <laughs> Which certainly would aid in privacy, I suppose. Yes. Well, let's hear what uh, Mr. Larry Craig had to say right. initially about this issue. <laughs> if you saw the article today, you know why. Let me be clear. I am not gay. I never have been gay. Of course not, Senator. You are, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's a perfectly plausible explanation for your little feet tapping uh, bathroom episode at the airport, right? He's practicing for a little uh, Broadway show he's going to do in the fall. In the bathroom. <laughs> right, okay. Well, the staging might be in a bathroom, but you don't know. It could be on off-Broadway, I suppose. This is just so ridiculous that this man who helped write the Defense of Ga- Marriage Act and Don't Ask, Don't Tell uh, is now so obviously a homosexual, closeted though he may be, but a homosexual nonetheless. And of course, uh, rumors have been circulating about this particular member of Congress for a ridiculously long time. Oh, absolutely. Decades. Um, this first came out in the early 80s when there was a different gay congressional page scandal Buff, the pre-mark pre-mark foley yes yes uh, it, it's not a new thing nothing there's nothing new under the sun really oh yeah well that's no, true um and oddly enough in 1982 when uh, this particular scandal broke larry craig held a press conference to state that he was not a part of it really <laughs> I am not now, nor have I ever been a part of the homosexual movement. The odd thing is, he wasn't actually being accused in the Page scandal. <laughs> oh, his, his name had not even come up, uh, but he just decided to do a little preemptive strike kind of thing. <laughs> he volunteered his innocence. Exactly. Let's, let's set the Wayback Machine to 1982. Oh, Shall we? Oh, let's. let's. Here we go. <laughs> Oops. That's what we call a technical glitch. Let me try that again. There we go. ABC News talked with a 20-year-old former page who was interviewed by the FBI for two hours yesterday. He gave investigators the names of members of Congress and congressional staffers. He said shared sex and drugs with teenage pages three years ago. Imagine that happening in Washington. (sighs) Shocking. Sex and drugs with teenage pages. Holy cow. Holy cow. On at least one occasion, a certain uh, official in the house invited several pages out to his house where cocaine and uh, hashish and marijuana were freely available to the pages. Man, if you could 80s. put a number on the number of 
congressional employees that you may have direct knowledge of involvement in illicit activity? How many would that be? Direct knowledge, 15 to 20. The names of congressmen alleged to be involved in the scandal have remained secret, but Idaho Republican Congressman Larry Craig, concerned that his name had been implicated, issued a public denial. Persons who are unmarried, as I am, uh, by choice or by circumstance, have always been the subject of innuendos, gossip, and false accusations. I think this is despicable. The charges of wrongdoing by congressmen with pages has been described in a book written by a former page. In it, he states, I knew of at least two homosexual congressmen, as did most everyone else at Capitol Page School. Now, that was in 1982. Wow, there really isn't anything new under the sun. And, And the really exciting part of that story is the following year, Senator Craig married one of his aides. He ran out and got himself a beard. Who happened to already have three children. So when he's talking about his wife and his three children that are so disappointed in him now, they're not technically his children saved by adoption. Holy cow. Uh, So there's no no actual evidence that the man has ever engaged with a female. (laughs) Engaged. I like that. We get another clip here of Larry Craig uh, where he talks about Bill Clinton. Let's, Let's listen. But, you know, there were signs that this Senator Craig was into this kind of behavior. Do you remember? Well, you probably don't remember, but here's what he said about Bill Clinton a couple of years ago on Meet the Press. And it's not so much what he, It's just the way he right. said it. Well, here, take a look. We didn't doctor this. Take a look. But I will tell you that uh, the Senate certainly can bring about a censure resolution. And it's a slap on the wrist. It's a bad boy, Bill Clinton. You're a naughty boy. The American people already know that Bill Clinton is a bad boy, a naughty boy. I'm going to speak out uh, for the citizens of my state who, in the majority, think that Bill Clinton is probably even a nasty, bad, (laughs) naughty boy. (laughs) You speak out, Larry Craig. You speak out. A nasty, bad, dirty boy. Oh, man. I I can just imagine what's going through his mind as he says that. Yeah. Or as he looks back on himself saying that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and there's a, the scene of uh, the, the look on the expression of the, the moderator's face when he says He just <laughs> stares straight ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but there really are so many examples of really Republican sex scandals. I mean, the Democrats for sure do this kind of thing. Once in a while. Now, Once- Democrats have plenty of sex scandals, but they tend to be kind of, well— um, Tame. Uh, Well, Democrats are, I mean, if you know, they're all politicians are kind of crooked. Right. But uh, some of them, you know, taking money. But the Republicans seem to really come off with the real kinky stuff. Oh, yeah. They hit the ground running. Uh, And I think we have some pretty fantastic examples of Republican sex scandals. You're a naughty boy. We have uh, John Henson from Tylertown, Mississippi, who. um, A good Christian boy, I'm sure. Right. He had, uh, this is what I love about Republicans. This is, this is how patriotic they are, right? During his reelection campaign in 1980, um, he admitted that he had been arrested for committing an obscene act. Now, get this obscene act. Are you ready for no, this? Oh, probably not. Exposing himself to an undercover policeman at the Iwo Jima Memorial <laughs> in Arlington National Cemetery. Oh. <laughs> He saw that flag go up, and he just underst- couldn't help himself. I understand I mean, that's a really quite popular spot. <laughs> it is yeah, arousing. There's nothing though. that gets me more horny than hanging out in a cemetery. <laughs> Surrounded by a bunch of dead veterans, absolutely. Oh, you know, you just wonder. Support the troops, man. <laughs> 
you got all these guys, this bronze statue of like them wrestling with this flagpole. Can you see him like standing there uh, admiring <laughs> oh, it? And he God. looks over at this other guy next to him, and he he moves over you and want to wrestle with my flagpole. He's like, <laughs> Don't you like the way they're gripping that pole? <laughs> Holy cow! Now, wait, wait. It doesn't. It doesn't go beyond. Now, this guy, I, I think he claimed that you know he denied that he was gay till till he till his death. Yeah. Um, of course, being from Mississippi, what do you expect? He probably would have ended up being dragged behind a pickup truck. I mean, he actually died of AIDS. You know, oh, or, excuse me, cancer. <laughs> um, Holy crap! Uh, at uh, least he, he didn't try to give the guy twenty bucks uh, for the privilege. Uh, unlike uh, state rep. Bob Allen from Florida, who was arrested uh, for offering an undercover cop money for the privilege of giving said undercover cop a blowjob in a park uh, just because he was scared. <laughs> Apparently, he was he was terrified. This large, I think stocky black man uh, was approaching him. And so his first reaction, of course, as I think they teach that us, in every defense class. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know? That's your first response. <laughs> can I blow you? <laughs> Actually, no. You <laughs> Please don't 20, hurt me. Here's 20 bucks. Can I blow you? You know, you don't want to call 911 because that'll just set them off. Oh, wait. Let me tell you a little bit more about Republican John Hinson. This one's great. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. He survived a 1977 fire that killed nine people at the Cinema Follies, a Washington theater that catered to a gay clientele. He was rescued from under a pile of bodies. (laughs) Ew. Pre or post-mortem. That's just, oh, oof. Holy cow. I think this uh, the Republican affinity for, for gay activity goes way, way back. Oh. We do have some champions that are really fighting for morality. Even way back then, there was people that did not want this kind of immoral behavior to pervade into Congress. Let's listen to one of them right now, okay, will you? We track library books better than we track pedophiles and kids that are missing. We've got a force states to incorporate technology, share information, because we can't take another loss of life of a child. Absolutely. I believe that every convicted felon should be mandated nationwide to give his DNA. It solves crimes, it gets innocent people out of prison, and it will, it will eliminate the ability of these people to roam state to state in this country and rape people. From my view, when you rape a person, when you violate a child, you lose your civil liberties. So anybody that says we shouldn't take DNA samples, absolutely wrong. You commit the crime, like you the will supply the sample, and we'll be able to track and hopefully solve a lot of crimes. Well, good luck with your piece Thanks. of legislation, because you're you right, it, it will put some teeth into these registries. Well, if I were one of these sickos, I'd be nervous with America's Most Wanted on my trail. You know he was going to say tail, too, and he kind of paused. <laughs> that was... Hold on. That was Representative Mark Foley. Oh! (laughs) Anybody want to talk about what he did? I believe there were some highly inappropriate emails and instant messages to teenage male congressional pages in his repertoire. It sounds like I'd rather send my kid to be babysat by Michael Jackson than to be a congressional page. Same Jesus. difference, I think, really. <laughs> same difference there. The list goes on and on. And you got to wonder, what is the deal? I mean, oh, all right. politicians have this kind of crap going on. But what is the deal with the Republicans and the really bizarre stuff? Oh, it's, it's very simple. They are so extremely moralistic that 
anytime they have illicit urges, they must be buried. Uh-huh. They can't just like say, oh, yes, guess what? I, I am gay, <laughs> but vote for me anyway. Right, which has happened, and successfully, gay gay senators have been elected. It, it, it can be done, uh, but it's hard to do that when you run a family values, anti-gay campaign. Um, you kind of lose your base. At yeah, that point. It, it, it's, it, it starts to look bad when you're <laughs> passing legislation against gays and you are out and gay. Right. Self-hating to the nth degree. Absolutely. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, these these are, I think, clearly closeted, co- co- closeted, I apologize, closeted gay men who just cannot handle the stress and are in a position of power over these people and take out their urges. Uh, but because of their political positions, are caught between the ultimate rock and a hard place and, and just cannot get out uh, of these situations. And ultimately, they get caught over and over throughout history. They get caught. Uh, and it's not just it is certainly not just homosexuals, um, heterosexuals, heterosexual Republicans and heterosexual Democrats, heterosexual politicians are getting busted all the time with this kind of crap. Uh, Newt Gingrich, the compassionate conservative was really quite a son of a bitch. Uh, he was married three times. Uh, he married a campaign worker. Didn't he, like, divorce his wife while she was uh, in in the hospital for cancer treatment or something right. like that? Right, uh, ovarian yes. cancer. Yeah, and uh, he was divorcing That's her. class. Yeah, oh, yeah. And he divorced her so he could marry a staffer who uh, she admitted that, Newt, that she had given Newt uh, which, you know, nothing is hotter than giving oral sex to a guy named Newt. But she'd given <laughs> oral sex to Newt. Uh, while he was married, he married her and uh, divorced his wife, uh, while obviously while she was recovering from ovarian cancer. Classy. Oh, and, and let's not forget Strom Thurmond. <laughs> yes, he brings together the best of the uh, anti-gay and racist streams of the Republican Party. Proof that only the good die young is Strom Thurmond. Yeah, the racist component, and then knowing that he had, like, a little black baby. Yeah, didn't he have sex with some of his slaves? In was 1925. It was his, his maid, his oh, family's maid. I'm sorry, I apologize. They didn't have slaves oh. in, in the 30s. Well, he might not have known the Technically. <laughs> then there was the case of Ed Schrock, a two-term Republican congressman who had a 92% approval rating from the Christian Coalition and who was a co-sponsor of the Federal Marriage Amendment. I believe that's the Defense of Marriage Act. Right. Um, was consistently against gay rights. He, too, had a wife and kids. And uh, somewhere going into that hoped-for third term, kind of had to drop out of the race because there were tapes of him, gosh, soliciting for gay sex. Oh, man. That is... You're a naughty boy. You're a naughty boy. You'd say it's a rookie mistake. He just, uh, he slipped up. You can't get that stuff on tape. We also (laughs) have Robert Bauman a Republican congressman, and another anti-gay activist, you know, of course, because homosexuality is uh, licking the flames of homosexuality or licking at the foundation of everything that is right with this country. Uh, was, uh, He's mis- hoping it's licking. <laughs> congressman Bauman was charged with having sex with a 16-year-old boy he picked up at a gay bar. Now, I don't know that I'd go to a gay bar were I a congressman. Republican. Yeah, what's a 16-year-old boy doing in a gay bar anyway? Actually, yeah, there's there's several issues there. Uh, how did how did either the 16-year-old boy or the congressman get in there? It seems like you should have to show ID to prove that you are not a politician if you're trying to get in 
to a gay bar. Well, but then the gay bars would lose so much business. So much. So at much least in business. the D.C. area. Absolutely. I mean, the list just it does go on and on, on. and on. I got Howard L. Brooks, a Republican legislative aide, so himself not a senator or congressman. He was an advisor to a California assemblyman. Uh, he was charged with molesting a 12-year-old boy and and possession of child pornography. You're a naughty boy. That is, uh, that's classy right there. Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, you know what? Let's, in fairness, I mean, the Democrats, they've got their share of sex scandals. Uh, you know, I mean, take, uh, take Democrat John Jenrett from the House of Representatives. Now, listen to, listen to what this scumbag did, mm-hmm. right? Bastard. He was caught having sex Busted. behind a pillar on the steps of the Capitol building with his wife. Oh, oh yuck. Think of the children. Please think of the children. See, these Democrats, they are just as bad, man. <laughs> Absolutely. You give them an inch, and they will take a legal mile having sex with their own wives. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's truly, truly uh, abhorrent. We're guilty of the same situation here. We're kind of talking about all the sex scandals as if there's nothing else going on in the country that that is more important than who is sleeping with who. But I think, you know, it's the hypocrisy of it all. Oh. You know, that really drives home because, you know, the the Democrats, they're doing this kind of stuff. The Republicans are doing this kind of stuff. But it's the Republicans that are preaching the family values and the morals and talking about how the gays – they're wrong in every way mm-hmm. that it is possible to be wrong. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's why there's this glee. I apologize. There's this glee on the left when this happens to someone on the right, a, a Republican, uh, most often, because they are, they are jamming this, uh, this morality down the throats of the country. And and so- <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Senator. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know that I'm t- he got <laughs> excited when you said jamming down the throats. <laughs> Just trying to cue something up, but you know we're it's all amateur here, so forget it. No worries. Uh, yeah, so there's this glee because these people so obviously cannot hold themselves to the high moral standard that they set for everyone else in the country. Right, right. It's it's not a question of uh, ooh, somebody out there is having sex because let's face it, uh, that's what people do. I've, I've read that actually, and uh, yes. have pretty much since the beginning of time. Uh, we can look back into our nation's proud history and see Thomas Jefferson uh, fathering illegitimate children with his slaves. Oh, dear. We can look back and see some serious rumors about the sexual orientation of one Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yes, score. Not honest Abe. I know it's hard to believe. He did have that sexy beard. Well, he also liked occasionally to share a bed with other men. Um, well, his wife was kind of crazy. Well, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't actually uncommon in, at, at that particular day and time for men to, to share a bed, since beds were hard to come by. Um, but uh, Especially if you're the president. <laughs> well, you know, when the wife's gone and there's a, a, a hunky lieutenant hanging around in a, waiting. In a sweet uniform. Yeah, yeah. in a uniform. you got you got to love that. Absolutely. And uh, now why not invite him into your bed? I mean, <laughs> what what's the harm? It's just sleeping. Absolutely. Allegedly. And now, from the history of the White House, so many people have slept in the Lincoln bedroom. You wonder how, <laughs> how that started. Wow. Well, and we can we can find presidents having mistresses back to Warren Harding, 
uh, who actually paid his mistress twenty thousand dollars in in hush money, which was some serious bling back then. She in the twenties, you oh bet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I hope she didn't put it in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> FDR had a mistress. Uh, we all know about JFK. Um, Wait, what? Uh huh. No. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yes. He couldn't yeah. keep it in his. Place. Even Eisenhower. Uh, really? Yes. Yes, indeed. Ike. Wow. And, of course, if we had better records going further back, I'm sure we could find more. The point is not, oh, my God, somebody had sex when they weren't supposed to. (laughs) As if there's a proper time and place. Well, clearly, it's in a bathroom in Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's uh, people who think that nobody ever does anything like that and want to pass laws to make sure that that it doesn't. And then they get busted. For violating those laws, <laughs> yeah, it's the hypocrisy and and the the fellow politicians of these people, their they their colleagues, drop them like hot potatoes. Unless they don't. <laughs> Unless yeah, they there's don't. not a whole lot of consistency there. You got to wonder what they're trying to do. Um, well, they, they, they're just jerking around their their Christian fundamentalist base. I think every once in a while they like throw them a bone, and I guess Larry Craig is the bone. Oh yeah, indeed. <laughs> No pun, no pun intended. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Senator David Vitter, who merely slept with a woman prostitute. Do we know that that's just alleged, right? Uh, I think he pretty much said that he did it. I mean, he, He's he, committed some serious mistakes. He, he said that he had committed a grave sin, uh, but that God and his wife had forgiven him. And apparently I'm the Republican Party has also forgiven him. Yes. Well, because, yeah, they need that seat. Yeah. The Idaho Uh, seat is pretty well uh, taken care of. And so if Larry Craig, actually, if Larry Craig had not resigned, then the seat in Idaho would be in serious contention uh, from a Democrat attack. But since he resigned, uh, the Republican governor of Idaho is presumably appointing a Republican replacement. Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine that. And that'll be a cakewalk for that lucky individual. And so, yeah, these these the, the response from the congressional colleagues is is remarkable to see when depending on the crime um in fact i'm still waiting for mark foley to to pop up somewhere uh who knows where maybe in an issue of architectural digest but uh he just he really just he went into nowhere anybody seen him lately no i think you know he does that the the standard mo is uh, you do something bad you blame it on alcohol you check into betty ford and you wait a couple of weeks having pedicures and manicures and hope that everything goes away. Right. I'm sure some nice conservative think tank somewhere has a job for him. Oh, absolutely. As long as he, as he uh, stays in, in the back of, room. Speaking of that, how about Tony Snow announcing today? You know, I mean, I've heard people resign for weird reasons. But uh, resigning because he didn't have enough money. Have you heard that? Yeah, that's true. He said that the hundred and sixty some thousand dollars that he makes, and it's not because he has cancer. He he was clear on that. It wasn't because he has cancer. He has. He wanted to make more money. Right. One hundred and sixty eight grand a year. He gets paid. I think being not, the, the spokesman was no, not enough. Not they took enough. they took out a loan when he <laughs> when he right. uh, from the Fox News. I don't suppose uh, credit his union. wife could I'm be sure. bothered to work or to do anything, or you know maybe they could just I don't know. He's too broke to work in politics. And so or, yeah, in, in the White House. In the well, White House. There, there aren't that many opportunities for graft and corruption as press secretary, yeah, let's face true. it. Yeah, but he was a master of bullshit. Now, there's got to be plenty of opportunities there. Well, only in the private, only in the private sector. Right. Oh, are you kidding? 
well, in terms of making cash, I think that you can really rake it in. Uh, Maybe he needs to go to Nigeria. You gotta have contracts that you can award to people right. in order to get the good in, kickbacks. Yeah, in order to get the good good kickbacks, he'll he'll. I mean, Fox News will have a job for him in a second. He'll be making millions in no time. I have no doubt. I I'm sure they kept his old office. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just it might be interesting to see that go down in history in the history books. So and so resigned because right. he wasn't making enough money. Yeah, they That's usually, a first. They usually say, yeah, they want to spend more time with their family. But uh, but no, he, he doesn't to, like his family. No, he doesn't. In fact, they were a constant drain on his resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't, and he didn't want to tell his wife that they had to change their lifestyle once he right. began work for the president. <laughs> <laughs> there's really no sacrifice. I would say too great for the Republicans, but really there's just no sacrifice for the Republicans. Uh, their their kids don't fight in wars. Absolutely. They don't pay want to pay any taxes. Um, they won't take a public servant's job if they, it doesn't like, pay well enough. Vacation one-sixth of their entire work experience is taking vacations, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd like to get that kind of vacation schedule yeah. at my job. I think, I think somebody pointed out that... Uh, Near the end of Bush's term, he spent almost, or maybe more than a year, on vacation. I believe that's true. Holy so God. at least one eighth of the time, uh, he's been on vacation. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet gig. Well, I think it's about on time that, for us to wrap. On that it up. lovely note. On that love. On the human penis note. Oh, oh I said it again. Okay. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> this show is going to be edited. <laughs> Yes. yes. Uh, maybe we'll actually add some more content to it later. So maybe put an interview in there. Post-production. Yeah, Savior of many show. If only Ari Fleischer had had some post-production. Well, you know what the problem was? What's that? We were in the wrong phase of the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh. I'll have to consult my uh, tarot cards next time and find out when the best time for us to do this will be. Yep, yep, yep. 